0: And welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne. I'm, I'm John Brazier. <laughs> you're not John. You Brazier. love my intro, don't you, John? I love it. I don't know. It just comes. Now, what am I? How, how else are you supposed to start a show other hey,
1: than it's got to be organic? And it's uh, be organic. You're doing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, yeah. man, we're fired up. We're back uh, for another round of Phillies Backstage, uh, coming off. Three of four against Washington, right, John? It was a great uh, weekend series. Especially
1: the walk-off home run. Yeah, Andrew Knapp, I think that ball is still traveling. Nice. I How know. about that? What I thought the cool thing on that was that his dad uh, came all the way from California, and Andrew was bummed out. He said, well, Dad, you're coming to the game, but I'm not going to be in the lineup. He said, that's all right. You're going to hit a walk-off home run, and... Uh, who would know? He's the amazing Kreskin. Next thing you know, he hits a walk-off <laughs> on amazing run. amazing
0: Kreskin, Mr. Knapp. I know. I heard that story. That, that's classic. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, we're getting ready for the Baltimore Orioles tonight. And um, just looking back at that weekend, John, I know you were in the presence of rock when I don't say rock royalty. It, rock royalty slash pop royalty, right? And uh,
1: and also, we had a famous actor down here, but you had a great week. Uh, yes, we had uh, Miles Teller. Uh, he is not the rock royalty. No. He, is, he is, well, he wasn't a, in the movie uh, Whiplash. He was rock royalty. I guess That's he was a drummer. And footloose. And footloose, right. But uh, yes, Miles Teller, who's from Downingtown, Pennsylvania, uh, met him two years ago. He came down to spring training, a huge Phillies fan, and he was here for two days. Uh, he caught two of the games, and he, uh, on the second, he, the first game, he just literally just watched it from the Diamond Club. Not a bad place to watch the game. And the second game, he's friends with Jake Arrieta. He's friend friendly with Reese Hoskins, a lot of the guys. They all know him. Mutual admiration society. I think he golfed with Jake uh, earlier in the day, and he took batting practice. And Gabe Kapler said he could do it uh, in the cage. So after the after batting practice, I took him down there. And I tell you what, I've brought in the 25 years, I've brought a lot of different celebrities uh, that have taken batting practice. I mean, millions of guys. Uh, guys from the Eagles, Flyers, Sixers. Uh, we've had Dwight Howard. We've had Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, just the list goes on and on. And I can easily say that Miles Teller was the best batter. He put it this way they were cranking, they had the pitching machine down there, all the players were down there. So there's a lot of pressure. Uh, I think the the machine was cranked up to 95 miles an hour. He was able to get the bat on the ball. Now, when it was normal, like about 80 miles per hour, he was hitting line drives. In fact, he and Jake Arrieta had a little hitting contest, and Jake's one of the better hitting pitchers out there. Could you mention he played and did he play in high school or He must have or? played in high school. Okay. I, I don't think he played in college. Okay. But he was, again, just his – he was he was really – you. you would have thought he could have been – now I'm not gonna say a prospect, but he definitely was a baseball player. Which he, and I guess we're always assuming that these celebrities, yeah, they want to go in there, and yeah, they played baseball, but uh, they're not gonna be that good. And he was good, and he was good. Yeah, so it was uh, it was fun having him, and you know, he did the Footloose, uh, right? You know, yeah, the, the the fanatic. fanatic.
0: Yeah, fanatic played um, uh, Footloose. He he was in the remake of Footloose. So we found a YouTube video where. Um, uh, you know, he's learning to dance, and we had a little fun with that. And then we cut to Miles sitting in his seat, and he got up and started dancing in his seat. So it was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Yep. And he threw out the first pitch, and uh, threw a great first pitch. So that was that. Then, as you mentioned, Mickey Dolan's. Mickey Dolan's of the Monkey. You never know who you're going to get here. We had about, probably about eight years ago, we had Peter Torque. Now, Peter Torque scared uh, myself and Chrissy Long because uh, he was going to sing God Bless America. And he's a little bit of an uh, activist, and he he told us that he was going to sing God Save America. And Chrissy and I got a little, <laughs> <laughs> got a little nervous. I think Chrissy uh, took more of the, the aggressive approach yeah, and uh, basically put the fear of God in him and said, if you do that... Uh, you
0: don't want to be on Chrissy's bad side. You don't want to be
1: on her bad side. So, um, yeah, so he did not do it. But I got to tell you, I was nervous the whole time. But Mickey Dolenz, uh, now Mickey's probably like 73 years old. Yeah, I mean that's he's about right. You know, he's, yeah. Uh, and tell you what, it was great. He, um, he came on my radio show uh, the, that I do with Tommy Green and Ricky Patalico. And uh, it was awesome. I had breakfast with him uh, beforehand, was kind of picking his brain. He married a Philly girl, married a girl from Huntington Valley. Um, and he's a fascinating guy. I mean, he, he's lived in England for a long time. He did a lot of uh, fox hunting and, and a lot of dressage and a lot of, a lot of events on horses. Um, and he's a golfer. He learned to golf with Alice Cooper. Uh, he was in some Hollywood Vampires, which first started off being a softball team and then ended up becoming a drinking club where a lot of famous uh, actors, musicians uh, were all part of that at one point. And then one thing I found out is that he tried he tried out for Fonzie. And yeah, that's
0: crazy. You told me that. I yeah, never he heard out. that.
1: Well, he tried out for Fonzie and Henry Winkler. It came down to uh, you know a handful of people. Henry Winkler. When he saw that Mickey Dolans entered the studio as a, for a tryout, uh, he's uh, Henny Winkler said, "I'm done. There's no way I'm getting this job because Mickey Dolans at that point was was huge for the Monkees, yeah. and the fact that these guys were I, I just love that story that they it was a, a band that was put together as more of a TV show yeah, a about a fake call. band, yeah. And so these guys, you know, Mickey played in a guitar in a, in a cover band, but he had never you know he wasn't a musician. And there was too many guitarists, and they said, the producer said, all right, Mickey, you're going to play drums. He said, I've never played drums. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, the TV show takes off. Then they got to go on the road and play, and he yeah. really doesn't know how to play drums. So he, he obviously had to learn on the fly and, and learn it well. Wow. And that show is only on for two seasons.
0: You think, oh, it was on for a long time. Only two seasons, but I think they recorded like 23 or 25, you know, shows a season. So it was probably close to 50 episodes. Um, but how legendary! Well, mean, you and,
1: and you gave me a good lead too before yeah, yeah. I interviewed Mickey. I, you know, I know you know uh, very a lot about cultural icons, and you mentioned about ask him about uh, the concert he went to.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The. Um uh, jazz Monterey Fest. Jazz, Monterey Festival. jazz yeah. Festival. There's clips of him in the audience. So you know? I
1: actually sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Because right. I said, "Hey, uh, you you were at uh, as a fan at Monterey Jazz Festival," and he said, "Well, that's right." He said, "In fact, uh, I that's where I discovered. You know, I saw Jimi Hendrix perform. Yeah. and I hired Jim- He said I hired Jimi Hendrix to be to open up for the for the Monkeys. That's how they. Because I
0: know that Glenn Mack now you, you would always tell that story on the air. Like, "Hey, yeah, I saw the Monkeys, uh, but it was actually Jimi Hendrix opening up for him. But it was Mickey Dolan's who asked." Mickey Dolans asked Jimmy Hendrix
1: after wow. watching him at the Monterey How Pop that? Festival, which huh. is pretty crazy. That is. Yeah. He said it was, he just liked his style and his act, and he was a young kid, and... Um, yeah, and the rest is history. We all
0: watched the monkeys back then, coming home from school, all the reruns. And uh, just looking at some of the old YouTube clips of the monkeys, I saw a couple of them the other day. It's like, oh, my God. It, it
1: was classic. Well, it's like it the You Be- know, when the Beatles did all those movies and they were kind of goofy running around. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That was the monkeys. And a little then, bit of a takeoff. You know, I guess yeah. the 70s version is the Partridge family, mm-hmm. right? And then right. I guess Glebe is, is, was, what, like eight years ago, right, that, right. that version. Yeah, yeah, So sure. it kind of always kind of re- regenerates. It does. It <laughs> now, does. who was your mo- favorite monkey?
0: Uh, Mickey. Yeah, because he was the clown. You know, I gravitated to him. Yeah, he was funny, and uh, he sang. You know, he was one of the lead singers, and they had great songs, too. It's amazing. What a a career.
1: Yep. Awesome. Uh, Now, the other thing, too, is you went to Redding, right? You had a big... Big night in Redding. You went with night. the Fanatic.
0: Yes. The Fanatic had a big night, right? Fanatic a big night in Redding. We promote it, helped Redding promote it. It was the uh, Philly Fanatic tribute night. The Fanatic goes to Redding every year, a couple times a year. Last year, they blew it out of the water. Or uh, last night, they blew it out of the water. The players wore... Uh, fanatic jerseys and hats. So just to see the team out (laughs) on the field in these
1: really cool fanatic jerseys, uh, which just really very, very cool. That is the beauty of minor league baseball. If they want to have Grateful Dead night, they don't have to go through the whole – I'm sure they have to go through licensing to a certain degree, but – Pretty much they can do what they, they want. They wore tie-dye jerseys, right.
0: yeah. So um, I know Scott Brandreth, our Phillies merchandise guy, just was like, oh, I wish we could do this. I wish we could do, you know, do a night like they did last night. But uh, it was very cool. They showed Fanatic videos throughout the game. The Fanatic brought the Galapagos gang. Uh, they, sh- they blew fireworks at the end of the game, and uh, they had a huge plunger out in the outfield. And they, the whole ballpark goes dark. And the Fanatic went out there and kind of started the fireworks uh, show by hitting the plungers, So it was it was a great night. Uh, great, does great does the
1: Fanatic like fireworks? Because we just had two fireworks shows here. Uh, he's but, okay with them. Yeah,
0: it's a new thing. I mean, in the Galapagos. Because the Galapagos
1: Islands doesn't have fireworks. No
0: fireworks, no, John. Right. No, they don't have them down there. Right. Uh, but it was a great night. And they, they do such a great job with the promotions in Reading. It's just uh, unbelievable. I, a special shout-out shout out to Todd Hunsicker, who handles a lot of the uh, entertainment there. Scott's the GM. Uh, Scott and Todd dad, uh, works for the Reading Fightins. Uh, and they're, they're as, all
1: with the uh, mascot band.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, Tom Hunsiger, the father, is actually Change Up the Turtle, and he plays the drums in best, the band. Is he
1: best friends with Change Up the Turtle?
0: Uh, best friends, that's right. <laughs> actually, does he do drums, too? I think he might be like the Davy Jones. He might be a uh, tambourine. Turtle okay. on the tambourine. <laughs> right. but, uh, but Todd, in, in one fell swoop last night, came up and dressed up as Evil Candy. It's like this crazy character he created, dressed as a lollipop, uh, and w- crazy wig, and he kind of scares the kids of you know the e- e- evils of eating candy. And then he dressed up as a carrot for a vegetable race. And then he dressed up as an umpire for uh, a fanatic skit that the fanatic did. So was that sponsored like, by a dentist? <laughs> yeah. uh, it probably was. <laughs> yeah, um, Doc, uh, Doc, Doc Bressler is like yeah, it's not like cavity, bu- it's, it's, it's <laughs> not cavity <laughs> busters, but uh, it, it's it's just no, And he wears these false teeth, and it's just like it's great. It is minor league based. Ball uh, at its best, John. I mean, you really get your money's worth. How about the crazy
1: uh, hot dog vendor, crazy
0: hot dog vendor, was there. Uh, we had a great night last night. I always recommend people that you know head to our minor league uh, ballparks. Reading uh, certainly nobody does it better. So, uh, hey, Scott Franski is in the house, John. So uh, he was, why don't he was st-
1: buying some auto parts. So I can't wait <laughs> I to find out yeah, what yeah, auto parts he was about? buying. Do you want that? to guess while he's away? What, what, let's, let's take a crack at what, what well, auto part it was. His muffler was muffler, probably I was gonna, unraveling. I was so. going to go muffler. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say brake pads. All right. All right. All right
0: well, we're going to find out. Boy, people are just going to be uh, <laughs> hanging on. We are hanging on. <laughs> hanging on. Don't turn off the power button on your computer uh, quite yet because when we come back, we're going to have Scott Francis.
2: Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At the yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com.
0: Philly's backstage, and uh, John Brazier. He just said uh, Scott Fransky just sat down. He said, "You know, we're just amateurs." So, John, we are now in the presence of uh, a professional broadcaster, not two bozos who have a podcast. Well,
1: Tom, remember, we can't leave our audience hanging because we asked the question while Scott was uh, either I don't know what he's doing. But he left, the, he left the room, and we knew that he went and got auto parts. So Tom and I yep. guessed what auto part you bought today. There's okay. money on this, guys. Yeah, so. there's money on this. Uh, Tom said a muffler. I said brake pads. <laughs> ne-
2: are, are, <laughs> Neither of you are correct. <laughs> An air freshener? <laughs> Neither of you what are correct. What do we correct. got? Cigarette So how lighter? about this? The other day, uh, during my break in the fourth inning, uh, Sal DeAngelis works here. came into the booth, and he said, uh, is this yours? He was holding a license plate. He said, is this yours? And I said, why, as a matter of fact, I think it is. <laughs> what? Like, it was found outside on Darien Street, and they ran the tag, and it came back to me, so he delivered it. The screws came loose. It just popped out. Came out, so yeah. I bought license plate screws. <laughs> Did you get one of those license plate holders? That it already that says, has a like, holder. I'm
1: the Phillies announcer or anything? No, it doesn't <laughs> no. say anything like
2: that. It's just from the, uh, the, the people who sold me the car, who apparently didn't have good enough screws right. in there. I don't think anybody would have guessed that.
1: No. That was, was, yeah, about 200 to (laughs) 1. All right. No one got that.
2: Nobody got it. Uh, It's
0: great to have you, Scott. Uh, First of all, I'm apologizing right now because I'm sitting in your seat. Can you believe
2: that, Scott? He took your seat. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. He's the captain of this show, he can handle it. Are you in Jim Jackson's seat? I'm in Jim. Jackson's seat, which <laughs> is why I have a Flyers <laughs> shirt on right now. Nice.
0: Uh, and everything is well. You know, I talked to you the other day, and I said, you know, we're going to go we're going to take the time machine back. Back, way back. Okay. Uh, because I'm very curious. John and I are wannabe announcers. We're going to learn a little bit about that. John's uh, ill-advised attempt to do play-by-play. Why, why are you flavoring Scott Franski,
1: who's going to be critiquing my home run call? It's going to so, be great. See? I can't wait. I right. can't wait. But you're flavoring him already. You're 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 pointing him to the negative, Tom. <laughs> this is all about being positive. You're yeah. being a fountain, not a drain.
0: All right. Whatever. All right, go we'll, ahead. We'll, continue. we'll get to that. <laughs> continue. But listen, we're in the Richie Ashburn broadcast booth. Uh, John and I basically spend... Uh, you know, half our time imitating Harry Cowles when we're on the air here. I know as kids, we did it all the time. Like, when we'd be playing, you know, pick up, sure. whatever. It was always, ah, da, here. I mean, that's all. <laughs> that's that's what, what we did. What we, still, did. Right. we still roll right into it. So I want to go back to, now, you were born in Dallas. Right. Which is a bummer. <laughs> uh, you, didn't you have any say in the matter? Couldn't you have pick the better? you the better city it's to it's be a born true in? Philadelphia, just <laughs> that, that just, hates the Cowboys. <laughs> so we're off to an awful start when you were born. But right. <laughs> but uh, did you? Um, were you, Did you play sports as a kid? Did I you? Played,
2: yeah, I played soccer, little league baseball. Okay. Um, uh, tried football once, just wasn't big enough. Was baseball your favorite sport? Uh, Baseball was my favorite sport. Um, I kind of stopped playing sports for quite a while, and I don't know. I just sort of didn't do really much of anything, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, uh, But, but yeah, baseball was my favorite sport, and my dad was really into baseball, and he and I would talk about baseball, and that's kind of how I became such a big fan of baseball was a lot just uh, hanging with dad. But, but when you th-
1: went to SMU, did you were you a journalism major? Did I was you... a
2: broadcast journalism major, not from the outset, but I eventually sort of wandered into that. Uh, so when I was in high school, I wanted to be uh, in a rock band, long hair, you know, wanted to be in a rock band, and I had I had interned at a recording studio uh, when I was a senior in high school, and I thought that whole process was pretty cool and was was very interested in that, and I was very interested in, in the technical side of it all, and. Um, so I got into school I was just a generic radio TV film major sort of undeclared What happened to the rock of. career though bro? Well I wasn't any good uh. at it. <laughs> Could so you, did you play an instrument? Guitar. Or? I, I right. play a little guitar but little I was uh, yeah huh. very very amateurish.
0: Well and how about your voice like was there a point where no. you thought no, that, no but did you ever think like oh I have a radio voice No so voice, I, but I'll tell you what singing happened was voice? A,
2: at some point I uh, was giving a presentation about the recording studio it was an internship program, and we all were, went across the city and did different internships and Then on Fridays, all the students would meet back in the same place mm-hmm. and we'd talk about them and I was giving a presentation and the The woman who ran the 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 group said, You know you have a really good speaking voice. you ought to consider being on the other side of the microphone. That was mm-hmm. the first time I'd ever really even thought about it uh didn't think about it much else until when I got later into college and uh I had started writing for the school newspaper only as uh, a requirement for intro to writing class as a journalism major and, uh, or communications major. And uh, I loved sports, and I said, you know what, I'm going to write some sports stories. We had to write, pick, a, pick a topic and write a story. So I wrote a story on John Shoemate, who at the time was the SMU basketball coach. He, he had played at Notre Dame. Preceded and Larry Brown. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Um, but uh, John Shoemate was on the Notre Dame team that stopped the UCLA streak. Um, and I remember that was part of my lead in the in the story about John Shoemate. Anyways, just a generic profile on the basketball coach. And sort of sort of started working into doing more writing and more writing and uh, was in, interested in radio. And I went down to the radio station. I said, is anybody broadcasting the basketball game this Saturday? They said, no, here's the equipment. You want to do it? Sure, so that's kind of how I started doing that, doing sports play-by-play. Play.
1: It always seems that way, I know. right? How about that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, wheels. Remember, Richie Ashburn couldn't do a game, yeah. and wheels kind of stepped in. It always seems that there is that that you're either in the right place right at the right, place, time, right time, you're not, yeah. and obviously that helped for you. Now you grew up in Dallas, so were you? You know, obviously, I think it was Eric Nadell. right? Eric Nadel, right? Nadel yep. Yeah. And then there was the other. Who's the gentleman there's that's with, guy. The, with the Nationals now?
2: Uh, well, Bob Carpenter with the Nationals did some TV with the Rangers then. Uh, and, and, uh, but the, the two guys were Eric. Eric worked with a guy by the name of Mark Holtz who passed away uh, in the late 90s. But Mark and Eric were my Harry and mm-hmm. right? Because all through the 80s, the Rangers were bad. I mean, they were just bad teams. And it was, it was, it was nothing more. Than, in those days, Rangers baseball was nothing more than something to do on a summer night until the Cowboys started. Right, I mean, yeah. as, far, as far as fans go, there sure. just wasn't that interest in it, and uh, but but my friends and I were were very interested in it. Uh, we liked it a lot, and and we would you know um, we kind of we were sort of radio junkies. We loved Mark and Eric. Um,
1: did he have a signature call like Harry did? You know, out of here, yeah, like
2: uh, Eric's uh, home run call was uh, that ball is history. Okay, and. One of my first ever major league home run calls, I actually <laughs> yeah. accidentally, <Said> <laughs> accidentally <laughs> yeah. stole the call. <laughs> right. I was sitting right next to Eric yeah. when I did it. Well,
0: Mur- Murph did it in uh, spring training. He It was one of his first play-by-play games
2: because,
0: yeah. uh, um, you know, I forget where T-Mac was, maybe uh, doing basketball, and he did a game. And I might have jinxed him before the game. I'm like, good luck, good luck. And he, are you going to say that ball's out
2: of here if it's home run? He's like, no, that's one thing I'm not going to do. And he did it. <laughs> uh, it, it, it we did. We do what we know right and that's what we listen to and uh and i did it and so my situation then was i was like the third wheel i would help out uh (laughs) on the weekends the 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 middle radio guy would go over and do tv for the weekend uh for certain weekends and and i would fill in as the the middle innings play-by-play announcer on the radio and so the next day uh the uh his name is Vince Catronio. He now works with the Oakland A's. And he said, um, so how'd it go? How'd it go? You know, he's very excited for me <laughs> to be able to do it. And he said, how'd it go? I said, oh, it was great. It was awesome. I love doing it. But um, I said, <laughs> you know, that ball is ball history. Is history yeah. And... uh and he his eyes got wide he's like oh no and eric's within earshot you know and he and eric you know he's just such an awesome dude he said well i was thinking about bagging it anyways <laughs>
1: <laughs> now he's kind of a larger than life character right now the story i heard is that uh, he loved the bathroom at the Westin on uh, You've michigan i've told you that story yeah. yeah
2: and to tell that story so he was remodeling his house uh, i don't know some number of years ago but he was um he he was a <laughs> one thing he wanted in his remodeled bathroom was a stand-up urinal you know for a guy to go to the bathroom at night he nice. just wanted to be able to you know whatever so that's what he wanted in his house so he picked out the model that at that was also used in the Michigan, Michigan Avenue, Weston Hotel in Chicago, where almost every big league team stays. And so they actually had a situation where the plumber was trying to figure out some specs to it. They called the traveling secretary of the Rangers, who then called the Weston, Michigan Avenue, and got one of their engineering people to tell him what they <laughs> needed to do uh, to, in order to properly install wow. the toilet. So have you thought about that as
1: well? Have you like called maybe the San Diego <laughs> Radisson and seen what the uh, – <laughs>
2: I think the Des Moines <laughs> Red D- Roof D- Inn. Des Moines Red Roof
1: Inn. <laughs>
2: he doesn't have a urinal. He has a big trough <laughs> yeah. in his house. Scott has, a bidet. You know? yes. Did you guys yeah. yeah. call no, it like no, a Parisian no, no. Why, bidet? Why
0: are we talking about <laughs> yeah. this? Because exactly. it's a podcast. Yeah, now, the other, the other thing, too. <laughs> it's not a podcast.
1: Is, is Eric has also is known for having these uh, elaborate bashes for his birthday where he gets all these celebrities come in. How do you know all in? this about Eric Nadel? I know this stuff. So Eric's a huge music fan research. like you and right. I are. He's a yeah. big,
2: big music guy. And he and I would talk about music all the time. Anyways, so a few years ago uh he had i forget what number birthday it was a big round number and they had a big birthday party for him and and a band they had a band they played and they they sort of it sort of evolved into this thing where it's a local concert every year it's a fundraiser and he raises money for a local charity of some kind and he always rents out like a you know a small theater of you know uh Something like the Keswick size or something like that. You know, not too big, but, you know, a a decent-sized theater. And, you know, a band will play, and and they'll make some money for charity.
1: Now, you're Mm. talking to two music guys, so I think we should start that here and get you behind it. And it'll be kind of just like Eric's. It's yours. And we'll take advantage of the fact that we know all these people like – our boy, Amos Lee, and right. some other people. Okay. Right? Let's do it. He's right. your
0: mentor, you know, not just in broadcasting, but in how to throw a party. Yeah. Come on.
2: You take up, take <laughs> up the know. baton. Let's do it. Take like the baton. See right. that, this when podcast get, has got this idea rolling. <laughs> when, when you guys get the details all worked <laughs> out, just come You're to just, show, up. Okay? You just
0: call Amos Lee. He'll be yeah. our starting act, right? Yeah. yeah. We saw Amos Lee. Uh, well, you've seen him a
2: bunch of times now, right? Sure. Yeah. He's one of your favorites. Yeah, right? he popped in the booth here the other day before he went out on I tour. It was his birthday. He was in town? he was sporting his Larry Anderson powder blue jersey and everything. Nice. Yeah.
1: Alright, so when you joined the Phillies, you were you did some pregame, you did pregame, post game. Right. Right. Uh, I heard in the interview when you came, they said, Do you have a home run call? And for what did you what was your response to that?
2: Uh, Though a reporter asked me. A reporter asked me, okay. Call, and I said, oh, I don't know, not really. Is And I I said, is out of here taken?
1: Right. <laughs> Which we all know that that was taken.
2: You were joking, right? Of course. Okay, <laughs> jeez. You know, because I you didn't, didn't listen to a whole lot of Harry. I mean, right. I knew Harry right. more from uh, NFL, you know, <gasps> his his work in the NFL. I, I, that's, you know, nationally, that's how we – you know yeah by and large knew his voice were
0: you surprised with just how popular and big a presence he was
2: absolutely. in Philadelphia when you got here absolutely yeah. I mean the guy was a, a rock star I mean everywhere we went and um, I said this to somebody the other day every time we went somewhere and uh, the Phillies were getting good then it was 06 was my first year and the Phillies were really getting good Howard was here Utley was here Rollins was here all those guys were in place but the number one attraction Hmm. uh, outside the hotel or outside the ballpark was always Harry cows. And yeah. he never turned anyone away. He signed every autograph. He recorded everybody's outgoing voicemail message. Right. Uh, you know, uh, he was amazing. Yeah. And what,
1: what was it like to work with him?
2: Well, uh, I didn't work. Or not, or I, guess I wasn't maybe on as, the air. A lot right, but but I will say I was on the air. My, we, one of my first days on the air was in Kissimmee in spring training. And, uh, he called a Ryan Howard home run and said, you know, it's out of here. And, and, uh, you know the goosebumps mm-hmm. up and down your back. You're just like, oh my! You know, one, it's like, one, I'm in the big leagues, and two, I'm sitting next to Harry Callis. So, nice. uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great working with him. He was a funny guy. Um, he was so sweet to to me and my wife, and um, you know, was just sort of, um, you know, by the time I got here, it was kind of that grandfather figure, you know. Yeah. Um, but he never he never would. Um, you know, I, I know other guys my age, my experience level that ended up in places where the the, the legendary announcer of that market wasn't so cool to work with. And uh, Harry was phenomenal. And he, he, you know, welcomed us with open arms. He encouraged us, you know, by, uh, say, us, you know, myself and Tom McCarthy, he said, hey, he encouraged us to be ourselves. Just do your thing on the air. Everything else will work out. Just be yourself. Um, he never would you know uh say oh no you need to do this that and the other do it this way if you had a question for him and you asked him he would give you his answer uh and and tell you how he did things but uh there was never this you know lecture anything like that like hey you got to do it this way this is the way we do it here you know whatever just be you it'll all work out well What,
1: what did he call you was it scott he didn't say scott did he what was his name for you scottage
2: uh, Scott. I think it was just Scott. Honestly, Scott? I really? don't think it was anything. He's got a Scott. Yeah, <laughs> it was Sarge who called me Steve Fran. <laughs> Sarge. <laughs> Steve. Did he really give you a Steve? So we're we're uh, we're uh, Sarge got here in what '07 uh, to start working on the broadcast, and so we're. This is early August, uh-huh. okay, of of that season. So he'd been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so had he. Right. And we had been together for a while, yeah. traveling on the road, yeah. and lunches, and golf, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. <laughs> good and, buddy, Sarge. Uh, a good buddy, yeah. And so he had a friend. Uh, the The wine guy was in town. I forget his name, but uh, he was wow. in town. Rob, the wine guy was in town. And uh, he, it, Sarge is introducing Rob to everybody in the in the broadcast office in the room. He's like, oh, you know, over here, here is Tom McCarthy, here's Harry Callis, here's Larry Anderson, here's Steve. <laughs> I, and I said, hold it, hold it, Sarge. Now wait a minute. Did you just say? He goes, Fran, because he always calls me yeah. Fran. That's okay. all he ever okay. That's all he's ever called me is well, Fran. I so. like you, Betty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, reminds me, that reminds me of a story with
1: uh Kevin Franson. Did you ever hear that one? All with right. um, Kevin Franson was in the dugout during a game and Charlie, Charlie Manuel he's uh talking to um his bench coach, which was I guess what Bo, I guess, right or um, could have been Pete. Could have been Jimmy Williams. I think it was Pete. Yeah. So he's talking he, to Pete. He went he's through ta- a few. <laughs> he's, he's talking about who's, who's going to go in for uh, you know seven, late late inning subs. He's like, all right, uh, I want so and so to go in there. It says the name so and so, and he says, and that guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin was right next to the bench coach, and he can hear it. And he's like, he's like, uh, Chuck, it's uh, <laughs> <Hello>. Kevin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh,
0: there you have all it. All right, well, good stuff. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to be. right back with scott fransky
2: bring your family to a phillies game this season and your kids can play as hard as the athletes at the yard at citizens bank park you'll find free activities like the citizens bank fan field the fanatic rock climbing wall and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks hot dog launcher. It's all new right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit Phillies.com. Back, mm-hmm. Philly's backstage.
0: Scott Fransky, has Steve, Steve Frans, <laughs> Steve Frans, Steve Frans, Steve Frans. <laughs> <Steve Franz. laughs> uh, yeah, Steve is here, and um, <laughs> so we talked a little bit about Harry, and uh, but of course, um, I guess no interview with you, Scott. I'm sure you get asked it all the time as uh, people ask you about Larry Anderson, and. Uh, did you know Larry at all before you came to Philadelphia? Uh, uh, no, I'd never met him, no. Okay. No, I mean, I knew who he was and
2: right. uh, knew some of Are his. Are you sorry
0: now that you <laughs> met him? <laughs>
2: Uh, yes and no. Yes <laughs> it, and no. It
0: must have been great. I mean, uh, you're, you're talking about how Harry, op- you know, welcomed you with open arms. And uh, we were, w- Larry was one of our guests, as was Sarge, and some of these guys uh, already. We've had a good year of podcasts already, haven't we, John? But mm-hmm. uh, we did make a, a point that Larry is just one of those guys. He's very welcoming to everybody, yes. you know. And uh, he wants everybody to feel at home. And I guess he was the same way, way with you. Huh? He was
2: awesome. Yeah. Um, you know uh, from the very beginning uh, I tried to let Larry be Larry as much as I could and uh, you know I mean obviously right away you could see off the air what a what a big personality he is you know and uh, back then maybe even more so than <laughs> you know I mean he was uh, he was uh it, it was so much it was so much fun to be around and and you know we connected on on that level uh pretty much right away and as far as the on air you know, when I started in 06, I just did two innings every night. And it had been really three or four years since I did, like, regular every night play-by-play. So in one respect, I'm kind of just trying to get myself back, you know. Uh, you know r- but it, it made it a little easier that I could simply just worry about some of the mechanical things that a play-by-play announcer has to worry about and just try to leave some room for Larry to be himself. And um, obviously, he's... Uh,
1: but it, but it helps that you're really good friends with Larry. That it helps that chemistry because you, you can't you sure. can't force chemistry. You got you can tell on the air. And there's a lot of genera- the, the generation now sees you as the you know that Tom and I grew up listening to Whitey and, and Harry. And the generation now sees you and La as as the Whitey and Harry. Yeah,
0: no doubt. And I think from a style standpoint, you're very similar. I think Harry let the game kind of flow and uh, not over talk, and it would certainly give Whitey enough time to you know, interject.
2: You know, a lot of what we do here, uh, you know, Larry doesn't do three innings of play-by-play every night. And in a lot of markets, uh, I know not here, but in a lot of other places, what you'll have is two announcers or two broadcasters, whatever you want to call them one guy does the first three the next guy does the middle three the right. other guy does the last three they will cross talk they will you know uh, interplay with one another uh but sort of that's his innings and those are your innings and you know yeah. um here we don't really do that it's kind of i've i've used the term before it's almost like tv on the radio and tv is a medium that the the color analyst has a lot more room to work because he can continue to make his point he can continue to tell his story uh, or his joke or, you know, make his illustration, whatever it is, while the pitch is happening. You can't really do that on radio. We do it sometimes. Um, we try to pick the right spots to get away with it, you know. Uh, but we've always thought, I've always thought, and I think Larry has always felt the same way, that if it's if the game's 4-3 to three in the eighth inning and there's stuff going on, the game is, is plenty to mm-hmm. carry itself. If it's nine to two in the fifth inning, it requires a different skill set. So, um, and I think that's why, I mean, it's like the guys I grew up listening to. The team was bad, so they were doing that almost every night. I mean, they had to do that all the time. But, um, Hmm. But there was still that moment where, you know, even in the middle of July, and you're 25 games out in the division, but a guy hits a walk-off grand slam, and it's exciting. Yep. It's a it's an unbelievable baseball moment, and so you give that moment uh, all the uh, importance it deserves. But that doesn't happen every night. It's 162 games, and there are a lot of games where you just listen to the two guys kind of have fun and get you from the first inning to the ninth inning and try to be a little bit entertaining
1: all right there's times when i'm in the car and listening to you guys and i'm i'm laughing out loud by myself in the car i can't imagine what you dealing with knucklehead larry anderson you've got it like what has has there been some moments where you just you can't compose
2: yourself we have had those moments (laughs) uh for sure over the years and um the vast stretches of dead air. <laughs> Trying <Right. laughs> <laughs> uh, kind to of compose uh, yourself. The one that was really hard for me to compose myself, and Rob Brooks, who's engineering here, he's going to hate me bringing it up, was the time that Larry belched on the We, air. we told
1: the story. Uh, yeah. You did tell it, the but, story. But tell but, for uh,
2: those that didn't hear that. But it, it, So we're in Lehigh Valley, and, and right. the <laughs> equipment's all different. We're, we're, it's the very opening of, of the stadium up there. And uh, coming out of spring training, did a game up there. Phillies exhibition against the Lehigh Valley and uh, you know we're going to the bottom of the first and and literally Larry just just he, I, I watched the whole thing happen. <laughs> he reaches up, turns his headphone volume down, and then lets out an enormous belch. Thinking that's the Thinking button. that's the microphone, right? <laughs> he's turned his microphone off. Well, he hasn't. He's just turned his headphones off. He's the only one who <laughs> And, didn't he, and hear. he can't hear anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one who didn't hear it. And meanwhile, I... I mean, fortunately, I remember Victorino struck out, and, and it, it was the last out of the inning. But, and we were going so, but just getting to the commercial break yeah. was was next to impossible. If the, if if there had been another batter that inning, I don't know it had, if that guy would have even if his at bat would have existed. Quite frankly, <laughs> he might have just skipped it altogether. I,
1: I love when we bring in. I'll bring in celebrities into the broadcast room, mm-hmm. and you guys will be there and. And LA and I will do the snaps. Right. And just, you know, this, this, it's a mind game we do. Right. And you actually know the game. So you know the answers, but you let Larry say it. But sometimes Larry will be like, Scott,
2: do you know what? <laughs> well, you and Larry are just so good at it. You guys are so good at it. I they're like quick. to stay out of the way, right? <laughs> right. They're, they're yeah, very quick, quick about it. And, uh, and the, the, the hamster's spinning on my wheel a little <laughs> bit. You know, I'm trying to. But
1: try so we've had a lot of fun people. We had Bradley Cooper, Renee Zellweger. We yeah. had Uncle Junior from Sopranos. We had Senator yeah.
2: Toomey. We've had. We had uh, Mickey
1: Dolan's Mickey the other Dolans, day. Mickey. Did Jaleel you do Okafora. Snatch for Mickey Dolenz? Oh, we did. Oh, we, got, we got Mickey's mom, dad, and his uh, <laughs> and his favorite band. Yeah. The Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, we got that going. Hey,
0: can I just bring one back to baseball for a second? And that was, can I just say, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, totally uh, glorify you, Scott. But my favorite call of yours was the Roy Holiday postseason no-hitter. When uh, I just think uh, it just was just the greatest call. I Thank mean, uh, it, what do you remember from that moment? And um, it's got to be one of your favorites, too, I would think. It
2: is. Uh, it's, uh, you know, obviously being in the playoffs and being at home. Um, for whatever reason, just sort of makes it outshine the perfect game. I mean, i realize realized there have been far fewer perfect games. Now, this was a playoff no-hitter, so mm-hmm. there's only been two of those. And
0: his first playoff yeah. game. You yeah, know. And, Crazy. Uh, you know,
2: I mean, um, but the the energy that night, you know, when, when the perfect game happened, uh, it's in that dreadful stadium in Miami. and um, And I remember being, you know, obviously it was the same year. It was earlier in the year, and I remember sort of, you know, when it's when we're on the road it's just Larry and I uh, there's nobody he- there to help Especially you you know the guys who work for us in the booth here uh, they at least know sometimes hey can you look up X, Y, or Z, and they'll know how to do that. But most of the engineers we get on the road are just uh, old school, longtime radio guys. They're just technical dudes. They just plug stuff in. And uh, so we were kind of on our own. And I remember that one. It was very frenetic trying to make sure I had the information correct and, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Here at, at home, uh, there was you know a few more hands on deck. So,
1: uh, so are you going on the iPad in between innings and trying to look up like? Yeah,
2: p- just you know. I mean, you don't want to like you want to make sure you're right with. Um, how many no hitters there have been whether it 's how many perfect games there have been in baseball history or in Phillies history or you know that, those kinds of things and you just you know that 's one of the worst things for for they say you always want to be prepared right when you do a broadcast a game that 's never something you look up obviously right. until it 's it 's right it's in front of you and um you know when 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 the team is at home. Uh, you know our PR staff does a really good job. They, they, there's a and there's a number of them. When we're on the road, there's one guy usually, and uh, it's all on him. So uh, if if he's got to get us some information or whatever, uh, we might be. You know, you're trying to call the play, and you're you know texting the PR guy. Hey, can you confirm this for me, or can you confirm that for me, and make sure this is. You know what i'm about to say it is right because yeah. i i don't want to be wrong about that um but uh yeah that that uh, given that it was at home and it was the, the you know the playoffs and everything that was pretty special well and uh the description we're gonna we're gonna, it's gonna be leading into
0: john uh, being a radio trying to be a radio guy but uh but you know we talked about the way a uh, radio guy has to describe on the field and when you said you know the, there's a dribble in front of, in front of the uh plate uh ruiz from his knees like to 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 just add that description to me made it, you know, if I'm in my car, which I wasn't, I was here, but and I hear, you know, Ruiz from his, I'd be, like, running off the side of the road. Right. Wait, he's on his knees? <laughs> right. He's trying to save this uh, no-hitter from his knees? I just thought it was a great call.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. Well,
1: how about, how about 2008? I mean, obviously, when... Yeah. You know, you're calling the Hinsky play, right? When Hinsky, or not play, the Hinsky striking out. and
2: No, uh, Harry called the final oh, that was out. That's Harry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, what, what we did in 08 was I called the final outs for games that didn't clinch the. Right, that's um, exactly right. Yep. Which was so cool to be able to do. Um, and I never would have, I mean, even if they had offered me that, there's yeah. no way I wouldn't have had Harry doing those. Right. Um, you know, that was his, his moment. So
1: what was your favorite moment of that season for you? Oh, wait.
2: Yep. I know what you're going to
0: say. You do? Yeah. It's a no brainer.
1: Um, like actually on the microphone
0: or just a moment on the season? Ah, okay. Uh,
1: well I'm saying on the mic, right? Tom, I wasn't thinking that Uh, you weren't going. I wasn't going there. All right. Let's say I shared it. All right. Let's say, all right. Let's see if Tom can get it. So not on the mic. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Favorite moment of that 2008 season.
2: What do you got? The parade. The parade. We, did we were share on the, the s- We did. We were we on did. the same truck together. Yes. I was going to say something along those lines, uh, but uh, one of my favorite moments, one of my lasting memories, and not that the parade isn't a lasting memory, one of my lasting memories was um, after we won the National League pennant on the field at Dodger Stadium. Um, you know, my wife was there everybody from the organization, you know, was there and on the field and celebrating. And, you know, we, and we would then fly all night and come back to Philadelphia. And, uh, but first of all, I just love being able to like, you know, like the idea that you're down there on the field, you know, and uh, sort of Dodger Stadium is a pretty cool place. Um, so there's that. And um, the other one I would say is that in once the game ended, because Harry called the final out one of my job my job was to go down and get interviews so I actually didn't see the final out with my eyes I, saw, I mean it was on TV I was in the little groundskeeper room staging area down there behind the third base dugout and uh, once they cleared the field of umpires uh, those of us who were doing postgame interviews were allowed onto the field and uh, and I remember I caught up I caught Victorino and I grabbed him to do an interview Harry and Wheels are upstairs talking, and I'm listening on the headset. And it, it, we just so happened that we were basically on the pitcher's mound. And I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to Victor Reno to make sure he doesn't get away. And he's looking up into the crowd. And, you know, the, the sense of joy and relief in his eyes um, for, for what they had just accomplished. And to see sort of the reaction, you know, obviously if every, the fireworks are going off. Uh, the place is just going crazy bananas um that's another lasting memory i mean I, I will i don't think i will ever forget standing there on the mound next to him hmm. awesome you know getting ready to do an interview and just being like hey bud how's it going you know like i mean like this is like this is pretty cool this is pretty cool oh boy yeah. is
0: this great
2: yeah <laughs> right, right
1: well uh, well let, let's go to the moment where yes. uh, um you know you can take some cues from me scott okay <laughs> Because I've had the uh, opportunity to call some games down in spring training. And, you know, in case you're looking for a home run call, I've offered you the opportunity to maybe come up with something a little more um, uh, avant-garde, a little more out there, a little more out-of-the-box thinking, right? I can't wait to hear it. Right? So uh, we want to see if you can uh, see what you think. Rob, let's go to tape. Three-two count on Reese Hoskins. Get the the count right. (laughs) Is that Mickey Mouse doing the game? Whoa. Reese Hoskins gets a hold of it. Smack. It's going deep. It's going deep. And Grandma hide the cookie jar. Reese Hoskins goes deep for a home run. It is one nothing. Fighting Phils. <laughs> Grandma. He pounded that ball. And that's the Reese Hoskins we saw last year.
0: All right, Scott, wow. your critique. Okay. Time out, though. Oh, are you like a 70-year-old southern, like, uh, Brockmire-type grandma, bar- <laughs> grandma? Katie the door. the cookie jar. Uh,
2: I, I don't know where that came from. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. Obviously, it's bold. It was a, a part of the B-bold Be Be bold. spring. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly
1: right, Scott.
2: Um so that's, that's very good. bold. Um, Boulder stupid. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dave Niehaus in Seattle used to do a whole thing with the on a on a grand slam. You know, Grandma get out the rye bread and the you know, mustard <laughs> right. and all. It's a grand salami time, is what yeah. he would say. Yeah, something that's like, good. Something along those lines. So I didn't know if you were playing off of the. I don't know why the cookies specifically. What's the? Well, I got to say, like you said, you know, Nadal was your your guy. Well, uh,
1: Scott uh, Corrigan, Booker Corrigan, Eric Nadel, not Nadal, not Raphael Nadal. Did I say Rafael Nadal? Yeah, he's the French Open guy. <laughs> well,
3: he'll be at your charity party that we're starting.
1: Um, but Booker Corrigan is a buddy of mine that does ESPN lacrosse games, okay. and, and he was he's has said several times when someone hits a or shoots a shot up in the corner, he'll say, you know, that that's where mom, that's where grandma hides the cookie jar. So I think I was. Obviously, when you know better than anybody, when someone hits a home run, you're not ready for it. And you got to respond like in, in a half a second. Right. And for some reason, that got in my head. So I uh, didn't really know where I was going, but That's the, the guy next to me thought it made sense,
2: right? And <laughs> well, it didn't make sense to the guy saying it. But honestly, Brace, I will say this. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make any judgments on the quality of your voice. All right. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Mechanically, obviously, you want to have the count right. Yes, that's but true. We're all human; we all make those mistakes. Um, but if you have the count right, then you don't, you don't get behind the play. Uh, I, I thought, it, it just as a generic. Call of a play. I thought it was pretty good. I actually thought it was pretty good. All right. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to make a judgment on the actual phrase "Grandma <laughs> hide, the, hide cookie the cookie jar" because I think that might be to a, work there. Any well, work I mean, there? it might be a personal preference thing. I mean, some fans might think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. They could get used to that, maybe. And they could say, oh, remember that Brazier boy? He'd talk well, about those cookie jars. I noticed it's, it hasn't really taken off that phrase since spring yeah. training not, now. But you understand <laughs> but it's not safe after where, that ball that, went, where that ball went. But after that, you let it breathe, let it breathe a little you did bit in the breathe. crowd. You let the crowd play, you know. I Let yeah, it breathe twice. I like it. Yeah. I liked it. All right. right. See, so you heard it there. Well, there you go. At 53, at 53 years old, it could be a future. You know what, fresh? It's so good. I'm not going to use it. Okay, I'm going to let you Just keep let it. it. Yeah, I'm going to let you keep it because it's it's you yeah, already it's stole that ball's history, it's So It's already you know. yours, right? I've already <laughs> stolen one
1: home run ball. I don't need to steal another one. All, All right. right. Hey, is it quiz time? Is it ready for the quiz? Oh boy, here we go. All right, you ready for the quiz? Now, Scott, we uh, we do a quiz. Uh, to every guest we have, and I usually find their area of expertise, or I'll, I'll guess what their area of expertise And It could be anything. So Frank Kopenbarger was our guest, and I gave him uh, state capitals since I really didn't have anything else to ask him because he traveled. <laughs> How do you do? So he did pretty I well. Think he did, he did well, actually yeah. very well. Yeah. So um, I figured since you're from Texas, and I know that you're a music fan, since we've seen, we've actually seen the topic together. Uh, Willie Nelson. Okay. Is Wh- from is Willie
2: Nelson is the topic? Is the topic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Okay. And since
1: uh, you and I saw Willie Nelson and your wife at World Cafe Live, I figured you might, and he's from Texas, that so you might. You might know a little bit about them. So okay. I have uh, eight questions. And Tom, if he gets five out of eight, what does he win? Five out of eight. How about that?
0: Um, let's go with the uh, Bobbinhead doll, the um, Brad Lidge Bobbinhead doll that we're giving away Alumni Weekend. I think Toyota is the sponsor of that one. So uh, you're going to win
1: a Brad Lidge bobbin Head doll. All right. Cool. Good luck. Not a bobble belly, no. Bobblehead doll. All right, here we go. Ready? You just need to get five out of eight. Okay. Willie Nelson is sometimes known as A, the guitar slinger, B, the Texas troubadour, C, the red-headed stranger, D, busboy of the
2: west. That would be C, the red-headed stranger. All right. Tom, you're one writing right. this down. I got One it. right. He's yep. on a
1: roll. Which of these is not one of Willie Nelson's songs? Blue Eyes, Crying in the Rain, L- Leaving on a Jet Plane, On the Road Again, Red-Headed Stranger.
2: Um, well, do you mean it's not a song he recorded? That he wrote, I'm not sure that he wrote "Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain," but it is maybe my favorite. Uh, well, it's a Willie, Willie Nelson, Nelson song. Yeah. song. He, it's the second one. Yes, though, so "Leaving it on a Jet Plane", plane. <laughs> That was John Denver. We all know that. All right. Blue-eyed, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain was uh, is one of my favorite all time. There you go. Rendition.
1: All right. See, so this, this is just another layup. Scott, has got your, This is kind of a layup. Where was he born? Pendleton, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, July, California, Abbott, Texas. Abbott, Texas. Okay, right three for three. What was Honeysuckle Rose? Was it a movie he played in, his debut single, his mom's favorite flower, the church he attended as a child? Oh, now he's thinking the answer. The answer is going around that wheel right now.
2: What what was it?
1: A movie he played in, his debut single, his mom's favorite flower, the church he attended as a child.
2: I'm going to go A, a movie he played in.
1: He is four for four, Tom. You know what? We've never had a guest go 100%. True. Because usually the questions (laughs) and answers are convoluted and I mess up up in a way. So so far, you're doing doing pretty good. I'm, I'm rooting for you. All right. Willie Nelson plays himself in a 2006 movie that stars Toby Keith. Is it A Alvin and the Chipmunks, B Broken Bridges, C The Hitcher, D Awake? I
2: have no idea. I'm going to go A Alvin and Alvin the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks. All right, I Broken no Bridges. Right. You didn't get that. Never one. heard of it. All right. What branch of the military
1: did Willie serve? <laughs> what? Yes. Willie was in the military.
2: Was it Marines, Air Force, Navy wow. or Army? Uh, I'm going to say he was in uh, I'm going to say he was in the Navy. He was in the Air Force. All right. Oh. But all you need Too is one. Uh, does he already have it, Tom? Well, no, he, he needs has one four more. right one now. More, huh? He needs one more. What well, I got? All two, right, you got two, two more left. Two what yep. was
1: the title of Willie Nelson's 2002 memoir? And by the way, <laughs> Sarge, we we told the story where Sarge didn't know the name of, his, of the book that he wrote. Right, right. Uh, a, the facts of Willie, an ode to me. B, the facts of life and other old tales. C, the facts of old age and other bumper stickers. D, the facts of life and other dirty jokes. All right.
2: I'm gonna go
1: D D is correct <laughs> <laughs> you win. You've won it all right now this is for the this is just for bonus bonus Willie was in a band last question Willie was in a band when he was in high school what was the name was it the name of the band the Abbott High Band was it the abolitionists was it the Bohemian Fiddlers or redheads 101?
2: I'm going to go The Abolitionists <laughs>
1: That is incorrect <laughs> a guess. Tom would you like to guess <laughs> Total uh, guess That is no. incorrect Would you like to guess The well, Abbott
0: High
2: Band It's Abbott High Band <laughs>
1: Bohemian Fiddlers The Redheads 101 I'll go Redheads 101 That is the Bohemian <laughs> Fiddlers <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> All right. But you still won Scott Thanks All right, for playing Great, uh, Bradledge
0: It's in the mail Alright yeah I can't wait <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting By the mailbox Scott this has been A pleasure uh, Thanks for right, letting thanks me Thanks uh, Yeah thanks for letting me Sit in your chair For our podcast uh, You know I, I never really did come to you to get the permission. It's but uh, Anytime.
1: It's and, all good. And check anytime. your health because if you miss a game, I'm ready to climb right in that and, and yell out about Grandma's cookie jar. Hide the cookie jar, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Well, that's uh, going to do it for another edition of Phillies Backstage. Thanks again, Scott. Rob Brooks back there. One of your best days, by the way. I must say, really pushed every button we needed to have pushed. And uh, we will see you again next time with another edition of Phillies Backstage. See you at the ballpark.